Welcome to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan, and I've been a Lost fanatic from the beginning. And I'm Anton, experiencing the mysteries for the first time. Join us as we start from the very beginning and make our way to the very end. This is episode 46, where we're discussing Live Together, Die Alone, from season 2 of Lost. I'm not happy about the arrangement that was made with you, Michael, but we got more than we bargained for when Walt joined us, so I suppose this is what's best. And you let me go, set me free. You lived up to your word. We live up to our word, too. Do you know how to drive a boat? Yeah, I can drive a boat. Good, then you're gonna take this boat and follow a compass bearing of three, two, five. And if you do that exactly, you and your son will find rescue. Well, that's it? I followed the bearing and me and my son get rescued. Yes. How do you know I won't tell people about where I was? Maybe you will, maybe you won't. But it won't matter. Once you leave, you'll never be able to get back here. And my hunch is you won't say a word to anybody. Because if you do, people will find out what you did to get your son back. My friends, I was promised you wouldn't hurt them. Deal's a deal. We're the good guys, Michael. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 46 of the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan. And I'm Anton. And we are discussing Live Together, Die Alone, the season finale of season two of Lost, and an amazing episode. Yeah. Like, it's, I think if I had to pick one episode of Lost, and that was the only one I could ever watch again, it might be this one. Really? Yeah, there's a, there's a whole lot of stuff, and they really address a lot of questions and kind of once and for all give you definitive answers on some things. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. I really like that. And also, for those of you who have decided to watch it, this is also our first video podcast, which oh, is yeah. uh, really cool. We're going to be doing these once in a while as uh, probably just handpick episodes that are better than others and do yeah. a video podcast for those. But there'll be more on that later. First off, let's let's get into it because I have got a buttload of notes here. I got a, I got a decent <laughs> amount of notes myself. However, yeah. I was so like entranced in it, uh-huh. like I, it was hard for me to like stop and get notes, and then I'd right. see myself, you know, five minutes into it. Oh, I forgot to yeah. do this. So. I think I've got enough for both of us. Okay. So we'll be all right. All right. Okay, so we pick up right where we left off in three minutes. Mm-hmm. The boat gets closer to the shore, and they're all sure they're saved. Right. You know, and Jack Sight and Sawyer jump into the water and swim out to meet you know this small boat. And once they get on board, they hear some loud opera music playing below the deck. Right. And, uh, you know, they approach the door and the person starts firing at them. Mm. And uh, the person runs out of bullets and they, you know, you hear them, <laughs> you hear them muffle. And it says something really muffled uh, down below the decks. And, um, you know, they kick in the door and it's a very drunk Desmond. Oh, yeah. Who says, you and uh, they get him um, ashore, and everything. everyone is buzzing about, you know, what's going on. Everybody's wondering what's going on. And that's where we get our first bit of information. So let's listen to this scene. Okay. 
So, before you ran off, I guess you just forgot to mention that you still have a sailboat. Why'd you come back? <laughs> Do you think I did it on purpose? I was sailing for two and a half weeks. They're in due west and making nine knots. I should have been in Fiji in less than a week. But the first piece of land I saw wasn't Fiji, was it? No. No, it was here, this, this island. And you know why? Because this is it. This is all there is left. This ocean and this place here. We are stuck in a bloody snow globe. There's no outside world, there's no escape. So just, just go over here, let me drink. You still pushing it? Yeah, we're still pushing it. So, the bigger thing from that conversation is, of course, this island is all that is left. Mm -hmm. We're stuck in a bloody snow globe. Yeah. Tell yeah. me what you're thinking. Well, once again, we, uh, we've heard the snow globe term before, and you right. and I have talked about it. And just, um, I mean, it makes sense that, you know, there is something to this. I mean, that they are, uh, to, the, to this island, this is all that's left to, um, it's hard for me to put it in words what I'm thinking here, but like, it's contained, you mm -hmm. know, like a snow globe that there, there is no way getting out of, out of this, this, right. uh, and, um, it just, I don't know. It just, uh, it's, I mean, it's haunting to think that he was traveling for around for two yeah, weeks, two weeks. Yeah. And just right back here. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's really interesting to think of because I mean, obviously the plane got through whatever barrier yeah. this is. So it's it's not some like giant glass dome. No, I mean, but it's I think the the in and the out is so, I don't know, you know, like hard to get through, or this you know something that has to pull you know pull you in or push you out. Right. Yeah. You know, it's not like you can just mm -hmm. like wander in there. It don't seem like. Yeah, I think I agree with that. But what's so interesting is to you know. I wonder if Desmond actually experienced like an actual limit to as far as he could go. Like if he got somewhere and all of a sudden like his boat just kind of hit it and turned sideways and started coming back the other direction. Mm. Or if it's just kind of like he was floating along and all of a sudden there he is back at that same island again. Yeah. Like if he actually experienced something that proved to him that there was a physical barrier that he couldn't go beyond. Yeah. But the one interesting thing, though, he did say is that this is all that's left. Yeah. I mean, he didn't just say this is a snow globe because that would be one thing. Mm -hmm. But he said there's nothing else. Yeah. Like, so that, I mean, that suggests to me that, you know, there's no outside world at all. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he probably, I mean, he must think that. He must think that everything else is gone. I mean, mm -hmm. he was floating around in the water for two weeks and this is the only thing he finds. I mean, right. um, I, I don't know. I mean, like you said, though, I mean, I would like to know if he did run into something or if it was just one of those things where, you know, it's like that whole thing where you're in a, you're in a unfamiliar place and you end up coming up on the same rock like 14 times, right. you know, it's yeah. like no, where, no matter how, you know, far he went or where he turned, mm -hmm. always brought him back to this position. Yeah. Yeah. You know, very interesting though. 
Um, so in a character bit here, we find out, you know, in a flashback that Desmond was dishonorably discharged from the Royal Scotch Regiment. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also has a book called Our Mutual Friend by Charles Dickens. Mm-hmm. And he wants it to be the last book he ever reads. So he's saving it. And, um, you know, there was an int- something interesting there. Um, I want to see if you caught, a, caught on to it first. Yeah, well... The one thing I caught in there was something interesting. It seemed like he knew when he was going to die. You know, mm-hmm. like he thought that he knew that he was, you know, the guy says, well, it'll be good if you know when you're going to die. Right. And he's mm-hmm. like, he didn't say much to it, but it kind of alluded to the fact that he felt like he was going yeah. to be the one it's, to decide or at least know when it was going to happen. Right. And we got, you know, kind of several times throughout this episode, we got kind of these hints that maybe Desmond was close to suicide. Yeah. And, you know, had the book out and even the letter from, you know, Penny, which we can talk about later, mm-hmm. even address that, you know, that book would be the last thing he would turn to, mm-hmm. you know, whenever things got really bad. Exactly. And so it's it's alluded to several times that, you know, Desmond would get close to being suicidal mm-hmm. and, you know, would contemplate reading this book because he knew he had to get that done before he'd be willing to do it. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I think uh, that's it was really interesting, though, just the guy saying, you know, you have to, you have to know when you're going to die for that to mm-hmm. work. And it really suggested, you know, and the whole coward thing even, yeah, you know, them talking about uh, him being a coward several times through the episode, yeah, you know, it kind of all points to the fact that, you know, he was willing to, to commit suicide several yeah, times. Definitely. So I thought that was really, really interesting. And then outside, um, he is greeted by a man and I wanted to listen to that scene. Okay. You want to ride? Not with you. Get in the car. Show me a present? Actually, two presents. One of these boxes contains your past, Hume. The other, your future. Go ahead, open it. You're a bastard, you know that? The fact that she never received your... sentiment. It's good for her. Good because as far as she's concerned, you've forsaken her. And that's the way it's going to stay. Is it now? Penelope's moved on, Hume. She's getting married. This is for your new life. Away from my daughter. The conditions are simple. No contact, no calls, no post. You just run away, Desmond. And what makes you think I would just run away? Because you're a coward. (laughs) 
So obviously, you know, there's some some really cool things in this scene. You know, Desmond has written tons of letters, yeah. you know, to this Penelope Widmore, um, who is the daughter of this man he's talking to in mm-hmm. the car. And, um, you know, this guy basically kept the letters and never gave them to her so that she would basically assume that Desmond was gone out of the picture yeah, for good. Yeah. And uh, another thing was that, you know, this guy offers him a large box of money if he'll stay away from his daughter. Mm-hmm. And he says that Desmond is a coward. Again, the whole yeah. coward thing. But did you have any thoughts about that that whole scene there? I mean, I I can't. I mean, right now I can't draw anything from it because I, mm-hmm. I don't understand why this man wants. I mean, I guess I can get the fact that he doesn't feel like he's good enough for his daughter, you mm-hmm. know, things like that. But, like, he went to some pretty great lengths to try to keep him away. And I wonder, and I don't know why he was in, in prison. I wonder right. if it had something to do with this man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and just just this whole, like, life that he's having to live is because he's trying to be with this woman, but yet he, the father's trying to keep him away. Kind of like the reverse of son and Jen situation mm-hmm. where the dad says you can be with him, but you have to you have to do everything I say. This guy's saying, you're not going to be with him. I'll do anything I can to keep you apart. Right. You know, so it yeah. just... I don't know. So. There wasn't much from that. I mean, obviously, we find out later in another scene that the guy is Charles Widmore. Right. Um, but I will, I don't know if you remember this or not, in the episode where we first met Henry, mm-hmm. and um, I think it was the episode where Sun fi- found out that she was pregnant. Right. Uh, she the had Woodmore the pregnancy test. Yeah. The Widmore Labs pregnancy yeah. test. Uh-huh. So just wanted to b- remind you about that. On the beach... Saeed comes up with a plan, you know, to gain the upper hand over Michael, you know, by taking Desmond's boat and basically scouting out the area where the other's camp is. Right. And, um, you know, he'll then make a signal fire and they'll all go in together. And Jack made a comment, you know, black smoke, huh? Yeah. And, um, you know, Saeed responded and said, you know, this time they will know that we're coming. Yeah. And I don't have any clue what this means. It was the, the opposite of before whenever the black smoke was going off, that meant they were coming. Right. And he says, this time they'll know that we're coming. He was saying, Saeed was saying, the others, will, this time they're going to know that we're coming, not that they're coming uh-huh. after us, you know? Okay, I guess I, I heard it differently. Like, to me, it was like, this time they'll know that we're coming. Like, they'll know. Oh, okay, like, yeah, the like last being time. On, they'll they will, know. Like, yeah. like, last time we came, they didn't know, but right. this time they will know. Yeah, I just took it as the fact that the last time they saw the black smoke in the sky from the beach mm-hmm. indicated that the others were coming. Right. Now it's going to indicate that they're coming for the others. Okay. Yeah, I, w- I would leave it at that then. It just sounded weird at the time. So in the hatch, you know, Locke tells Echo that he's, you know, he's been thinking and tries to convince Echo to not push the button this mm-hmm. time. And, um, you know, he says that he's, you know, a slave to the button and they're only puppets, puppets on strings. That, yeah. that line always makes me laugh for some yeah. reason. Puppet, we're only puppets, puppets on strings. <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, Echo locks him out of the hatch and, you know, or not of the hatch, I guess that part of the hatch. Right. And, you know, tells him not to come back. Mm-hmm. So John's kind of banished from the, the computer area. Yeah. Not much there. I mean, it was just an interesting, you know, showing us again how strongly Locke is against the whole button pushing thing. Yeah, and how strong that goes for it now. Yeah, right. So on the beach, you know, Michael and his group of four set out on their mission to get Walt back. And, you know, Saeed goes to to get Desmond's boat and, you know, tells him that he needs to get, you know, to the north shore of the island. And uh, Desmond says, going to see the hostiles, are you? And, um, you know, to, to what, you know, Saeed says, wait a minute, I think I got that wrong here. Yeah, going to see the hostiles, are you? Yeah. Um, 
the what Saeed says, yeah. you know, and, and Desmond seems to be familiar with these people yeah. and, and says, ignorance is bliss and the boat's all yours. And he has to get, you know, the help of Sun and Jen because he doesn't know how to sail. Mm-hmm. But I mean, obviously we find out more about this later in the episode, yeah. uh, you know, how he knows that these people are the hostiles and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's the first time we've heard, you know, Desmond acknowledge the existence of other people. Yeah. He doesn't seem not that concerned with them. Yeah. It's just like, well, they're there. You know? Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. I mean, if you've been out there sailing around this island, I don't know how many times, and he mm-hmm. sees them, and they don't—they see him, they're kind of like, "Hey, there goes Desmond yeah. again." He does. Yeah, <laughs> he's not getting anywhere. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. But a connection here, um, we see Desmond getting a cup of coffee, and after you know realizing he doesn't have any money, who other than Libby, right? You know, steps up and offers to pay for his coffee, and uh, let's take a look at this scene. Whichever one has the most caffeine in it, brother. Ah, oh, damn. Um, I'm sorry, I've just arrived and uh, I spent all my American money on a taxi. I've got it. Uh, that's not necessary. It's just four bucks. I don't suppose you have 42,000 more of those, do you? Depends on what it's for. I was joking. No, you weren't. Solo sailing race around the world. The eight months to get into the best shape of my life. Well, I'll tell you what, miss. I'm going to win. And what do you get if you do? But what really matters is who I win it from. Charles Widmore. He tried to buy me off. And when I didn't take his money, he took away the only thing in the world that I ever truly cared about. Who is she? His daughter. I was unsuitable on several levels. And what's a 42 grand for? It's a wee bit complicated. As of yet, I don't actually have a vote. Sorry, did I say something wrong? I have a boat. It was my husband's, but he got sick. He wanted to sail to the Mediterranean. He passed away. About a month ago. I'm sorry. I want you to have it. I, I can't take your boldness. But you have to. He'd want you to. What's your husband's name? David. And what did he name his boat? Elizabeth. 
he named it after me. Thank you, Elizabeth. And I shall win this race for love. So there's some cool stuff here, too. Yeah. Um, you know, Desmond needs $42,000 and a boat for the race around the world. Yeah. Um, the man Desmond was talking to in the car, of course, we find out, you know, who's Penelope's father. Um, is Charles Widmore. Mm -hmm. um, and his little uh, title said industrialist and philanthropist. Yeah. Um, he needs a boat, um, and Libby has one. Her husband got sick and passed away about a month before, and so she gives him the boat. And we find out her husband's name was David. David, yeah. Uh, let, let me have it. <laughs> well, okay. Well, I'm trying to... I was trying to make the connection back to the, who her husband was, but I... Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm probably just like, you know, lost overload right now because mm -hmm. I can't, I can't figure it out. I'm sure there's probably some type of connection here. Um, and, and then, because there was also, uh, well, I'm trying to think of like, I, I don't know. I don't know where, I mean, I, I want know there's something there, but I can't, I can't pull it out. But obviously mm -hmm. I just can't believe that Desmond, you know, obviously runs into Libby. He's looking for a boat. Right. She's she has a boat. boat. Yeah. You know, she, you know, she's moved out of, you know, compassion and, and, you know, she has a loss in her life. He has a kind of a loss in his life. Mm -hmm. You know, they have this crazy interaction and this, you know, bond that's built over a cup of coffee. Right. She gives him this $40,000 boat, yeah, yeah. you know, and <laughs> says, go win this race for us, you know, you know, yeah. basically. Um, so I don't know. It's just one of those things that seemed like it was, it was too coincidental. It was almost planned, you know? Yeah. Now, do you have any thoughts about this whole idea of Charles Widmore like sponsoring this race around the world? Charles Widmore sponsoring a race around the yeah, world. Yeah, he said he had to, I mean, he says even later in an episode about, you know, I'm going to be in this race. I have to win this race, his race. So this Charles Widmore guy is the guy sponsoring mm -hmm. this race around the world. Yeah. I just wondered if you had any thoughts about that. Well, uh, my, my only thought would be, um, that he and somehow knew that Desmond ended up on an island and mm -hmm. would have no chance of getting back to his daughter, you know, yeah, right. like if he ended up there, you know, and maybe this is just, uh, I mean, I just don't know about this. I, I mean, I just thought of something like on the ESPN, I was like, you know, I see a bunch of sponsorships all over, uh -huh. you know, these races and stuff like that, but I didn't read much into it. It might be a lot more there than I. Yeah, I don't I think we know much yet. I mean, I think you're actually in about the same boat I was in when I first saw this episode. It, it seemed pretty clear to me that he hated Desmond. Yeah. And um, probably did something behind the scenes to get it so Desmond would be in this yeah. race. Yeah, he knew that he would want to try to beat yeah. him. And right, he wanted to get him, you know, trapped on that island, yeah. basically. Yeah, so I think you're on the right track there. Um, and the whole David thing, you know, her, Libby's husband, David, the only Dave we know is the guy from the Hurley episode. Yeah. That's the only thing I could think of was, I mean, right. that's only Dave that I've heard of, but it, that was Dave, not uh -huh. David. So, and we have a, a really good email that we'll get to later that kind of talks about this whole issue, but we'll save yeah. that for later. So in the jungle, you know, Michael and his crew are in the, you know, in the jungle when they hear something and see this huge bird fly overhead. Yeah. Um, you know, Hurley thinks the bird says his name, um, Michael then realizes that his gun isn't loaded, mm -hmm. you know, after he tries to fire at it and it's, yeah, <laughs> it's just totally, totally empty, you know, yeah. 
And, um, you know, but Jack kind of covers well. He's like, oh, I, I must have forgot to load your gun. You yeah, know? <laughs> and he takes it. But Michael clearly it. knows, you know, he seems to think that they're on to him. Definitely. Uh, which I thought was kind of heightening the tension. Oh, the yeah, definitely. Definitely. Any thoughts on the whole bird issue? Like, that was a big bird. It was ridiculous. Look at a giant parrot or something. I mean, it was like <laughs> a weird. At first, I thought it was going to be a dinosaur bird or something, you know. Uh-huh. But it was, it was huge. Um, and... I mean, obviously, we have the other, you know, the crazy horse and then the crazy par- polar bear and now mm-hmm. this crazy bird. Yeah, all you kinds know. of weird animals. The weird uh, animals abound. Yeah, not, sure. not exactly sure the meaning behind it. I mean, unless there's some kind of, like, mutation lab, you know, there on yeah. island that we haven't gotten to yet. But mm-hmm. to, for me, it doesn't have any kind of significance at this point. Yeah, I don't think so either. So character bit here, we see, you know, Locke weeping in the jungle, mm-hmm. you know, when Charlie finds him um, and Charlie tells Locke that Desmond has returned, which really kind of piques Locke's interest. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, of course, there's a mystery here. You know, we catch more of the scene before Jack and Desmond met while running in the stadium. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's listen to that scene because I do think it's important. All right. How did you find me? Landlord at your flat told me you ran here every day. How did day. you find me? I have a lot of money, Desmond. With enough money and determination, you can find anyone. Did you read your beloved book? The one you were saving? Not yet. I thought you might have read it while you were away. I was in prison. Not away. Why didn't you write to me? When are you getting married, Penn? set a date yet. I'll be back in a year. What if you were back right now? I'm going to win this race, Ben. His race. And in a year, I'll be back. running from I have to get my honor back and that's what I'm running to so of course that's the scene where we have the whole reference to I have to win this race his right. race and you know 
there are a couple of interesting comments there. You know, Penny says, with enough money and determination, you can find anyone. Mm-hmm. Which I think comes into play later. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's it's Penelope, Charles Woodmore's daughter, who's mm-hmm. talking to, obviously. You know, he's he's going to win this race, you know, his race, and he'll be back in a year. So he's planning on being gone for a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a crazy race. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. And he's he's doing the race to get his honor back. And, you know, that's what he's running to. She asked him what yeah. he's running from. Right. And I guess he just puts a positive spin on it. Um, what doesn't seem real clear to me, though, is what and you know connection there is between him doing this race and getting his honor back. Yeah. I mean, it's not like Widmore's the guy that he, you know, did something to to lose his honor. Right. Well, I mean, we don't know. Uh, we don't know how he lost his honor at this point. I mean, it could right. be. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he basically maybe if he feels like he defeats him, then he he is defeated the one that caused him to lose his honor in mm-hmm. the first place. I mean, I feel like that man's had something to do with him being in prison. Right. You know, and, yeah. and, and him conquering him is, is him getting his honor. That's back. true. It, I mean, it does make a lot of sense for that guy, you know, for Widmore to be the guy waiting outside when he got out of prison. Yeah. He knew he was getting out of prison oh, yeah. apparently. Definitely. So it definitely seems like he has something to do with it. Oh yeah. But I mean, who knows what that would be. Right. Anything else from that whole scene there? I was just interesting to see the backside of, you know, yeah, him going and running uh-huh. and then, you know, how he was running, you know, yeah. kind of, you see the fire, why he was booking it and right. Jack was trying to keep up and ends up blowing yeah. his ankle out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just kind of, it's kind of neat to look at it from that perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had that motivation. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting to see the, the opposite side of that whole scene, mm-hmm. you know, and see what Desmond was experiencing. Yeah at the time whenever he was talking to Jack about all those issues exactly. with, with Sarah. Exactly. And to know that he was going through something, you know, not really similar, but, I mean, something equally painful and yeah. traumatic. And this this woman he loves who is going to be getting married soon and, you know, whether or not she would wait on him right. to be back from this race and to do the things he has to do to become who he wants to be. Definitely. I still don't get the whole, like, psychic side of Desmond that was able mm-hmm. to say you know, believe in miracles and, you yeah. know, da, da, da. and maybe it was a coincidence, you know, but it was very right on. Yeah. That's know? a, that's a good point. Actually. We, you know, he was very, a very spiritual person in that mm-hmm. first scene. Yeah. And so far in this episode, we didn't see much of that no, side of him. Not at all. It was, um, I mean, we didn't see much of his personality at all other than hearing about him being right. a coward. Yep. Um, but he definitely was a, an extremely spiritual type of person in the scene we saw with, with Jack the first time. Yeah. I mean, you look at someone that's probably in his situation would be so consumed with his own thoughts. He may not even notice a dude fall down because his ankles hurt. You know, yeah. he just left the girl that he loved and hadn't seen for years. Mm-hmm. And he's booking it up this stage because he's are these stairs. Cause he's trying to get in shape to win this race and get his girl back. Yeah. You know, like it's a lot to take on and then to notice a guy fall down and then go over and bell say, eh, you know, yeah. Yeah. To, to take time out of his struggles and issues right. to help this other guy that I, he didn't even know. I think it says a lot about, Desmond. Yeah. You know. And his honor, him actually getting his, his honor, honor back yeah, exactly. through doing things like that. Right. Yeah. Very good point there. So on the beach, you know, Locke shows up to talk with Desmond and they have a, a, a conversation um, that kicks off the events that happen throughout the rest of this episode. Yeah. So let's listen to that. So what did one snowman say to the other snowman. It smells like carrots. 
Hello, Desmond. Hello yourself, Boxman. Do you mind? Oh, I insist. So you managed to fix the computer then, did you? The world's still here, ain't it? I'm not so sure about that, brother. Refresh my memory, Desmond. How long did you say that you were down there in the hatch? Three years. Desmond, what if I told you that for all that, all those years that you and all the men before you were down there pushing that button, what if I told you it was all for nothing? I'd ask you, how the hell did you know someone like that? I found another hatch. Another station on the island. They called it the Pearl. And I saw a film there, an orientation film. And it said that everything that was happening in our hatch wasn't real that it was a test, a psychological experiment. You're lying. You want to take a walk? I'll make the popcorn. You're so sure it's not real? and just stop pushing the button. Well, I have, except, unfortunately, someone else decided to start. So you're gonna sober up. And we're gonna get a good night's sleep, and tomorrow, we're gonna find out what happens if that button doesn't get pushed. So obviously, some of the cool things that happen in this whole scene is just the fact that they're kind of... Um, getting together and kind of rehashing what they yeah. both know about this whole button issue. Oh yeah. And it's really cool for, you know, Locke to kind of give Desmond this update on what he's found out about the button mm -hmm. and all the issues surrounding the button and kind of get uh, Desmond's experience as well to uh -huh. kind of decide of if they're going to let this button not be pushed right. or not. And of course that's what comes out of the scene is we're going to find out what happens if the button doesn't get pushed. Right. Yes, us. You know, <laughs> I, was, I was so excited because, you know, they've really been dragging us through this season with that button. Yeah. And, you know, it didn't seem real bad the first time I watched it. But like every time after that, since I've watched, you know, I've watched this season, it, it grates on me more and more. Like, I'm like, I can't believe we sat through a whole season of, of this button. Yeah. You know, but we did. And so now we're going to find out whether or not yeah. It's actually um, legit or not. I was so happy to hear yeah. that. Even though it might kill the whole world, yeah. I wanted to find out, <laughs> you know. Right. It was crazy. So uh, on the sailboat, you know, Saeed's son and Jen discover a very large four-toed foot, yeah. a statue of a foot, um, kind of a remnant of a much larger statue. Yeah. And I'm dying to hear what you thought about that. Oh, well, I'm sure you're going to be excited to hear that. I didn't think I would anything about it because I have no idea but it looks like <laughs> it looked like some kind of like um just the the lower part of it the way it was created looked like something uh that was modeled after something like ancient you know what I'm saying like I uh -huh. want to just put me in the mind of something like Rome you know yeah. Rome would right. have you know mm -hmm. um and 
you know, I, I don't understand. Like it almost made it seem like this was like an ancient civilization, right. you know, and this thing used to be huge and used to stand for something. Mm-hmm. And now it's been broken. And from the years of, you know, just nothing being there, kind of like right. the Mayan ruins you find mm-hmm. and, and, uh, but Fort Toad, I, I didn't get that. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I was thinking maybe like some kind of God thing, you know, I mean, like, yeah. It you know. definitely hints at a very ancient culture yeah. being there. Definitely. And but the obviously the most interesting thing about it is the fact that it has four toes. Yeah. I mean and and the, I remember thinking the first thing that popped in my head was ancient alien civilization. Mm, yeah. And like I mean as much as I didn't want the show to go that direction, like it made sense. Yeah. You know, it's like well, I mean humans don't have four toes, right? you know. Unless this is some specific guy that right. that they built this after, and this guy only had four toes. Yeah, I mean that's also a possibility. Yeah, yeah, I don't, that's I, I'm not sure exactly. I mean, I didn't think the alien theme because mm-hmm. I don't know. I when I think of aliens, I don't think of like feet. Yeah, <laughs> you know, well, that's those, where you're wrong. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think of the round heads, you know, and uh-huh. like the, but it must be. Yeah, I don't know. It could definitely be that. But then the yeah the yeah like you said, it it just is weird like they just make a mistake making this thing or uh-huh. you know and i like the if i look at it again i want to know which toe's missing if it's like a the big toe yeah. the piggy toe you know if yeah. it some, means something <laughs> you know it's like i'm trying to analyze everything but yeah yeah it, I, I have no clue about it either i mean to get on a total tangent i mean it really seems possible that it man i really i really don't want to go into this whole alien tangent just forget it okay it would take up way too much time and it's not even worth discussing i mean i knew i had heard that one of the things as i was not a lost watcher mm-hmm. that was one of the big things i had heard they didn't i, I didn't hear any like the um theories mm-hmm. other than like my friends and stuff that were watching like it's aliens you yeah. know you're, you know it's another planet this yeah. is, you know and and that's all i really heard and uh-huh. I, you know i guess now seeing what I've seen, I can understand where they're pulling it from. Yeah. I really don't think so though. Uh I guess if we do connect a couple of things up, you know, the four toes statue, the fact that Desmond says, this is all that's left. This is it. I mean, it could suggest that they're on a different planet. It could. You could totally, I mean, this may be the only piece of land on this planet Mm -hmm. and they may have just discovered a statue on another planet. Right. I mean, so I guess that makes as much sense as anything right Mm -hmm. now, but I mean, yeah, like you, I just don't think that's the direction the show is going in. So in the hatch, you know, Locke and Desmond managed, you know, to, lo- to lure Echo out of the, the computer room long enough to barricade themselves in. And it turns out, you know, Desmond had a, a trick for getting the blast doors to come down whenever mm-hmm. he wanted to. You know, he just touched the wires together. All the blast doors come down. We even hear the voice over the loudspeaker yeah. like we did in, in the episode where they had the big food drop. Definitely. Um, but, yeah, he had a way for, you know, letting the doors down on command, Mm -hmm. which leads to a really interesting flashback. You know, we see Desmond, you know, go through a a really rough storm and get washed up on the beach, um, on the Island. And a man in the yellow, you know, jumpsuit pulls him out of the boat, you know, out of the boat, takes him, you know, down to the hatch. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's the same man that convinced Saeed to start torturing people. Yeah. Let's watch that scene. All right. What are you talking about? Who are you? 
Kelvin Inman. Kelvin Inman. What? What happened to my boat? I found you washed up on the beach. There's no boat. Sometimes you gonna watch that thing. Why are there missing parts? Radzinski made some edits. Who's Radzinski? He was my partner. And what happened to him? Just make sure you put that back behind turn of the screw when you're done with it. Why'd you wear that suit? So I don't get infected out there. a shot of this every nine days. You were out there a while before I found you. Hope it's not too late. So we find out, for one, that, you know, Kelvin Inman um, is the guy's name. Yeah. The guy that Saeed had met in a past connection. Um, you know, Radzinski was his old partner who is now gone. And, um, had made some edits to the orientation right. video for the Swan that we saw mm -hmm. before. Um, we also find out that, you know, he says to, to Desmond, once he's done watching that orientation video to put it back behind turn of the screw when you're right. done with it. Yeah. Um, first off, let's talk about the, the other things. Did you have anything about this scene that, that came to mind? Um, I mean, no, I just, I made the, the same general notes that you made. I mean, mm -hmm. it just, I didn't understand why he had made edits to a video. Right. You know, like, mm -hmm. I mean, it just seems almost like meaningless. I mean, yeah. like, you know, he cut up a tape, you know, I mean. Yeah. It, it seems to me like Radzinski knew more about all this stuff than even, you know, Kelvin right. or Desmond do. Yeah. Um, and I wish he were involved in this episode yeah. to shed a little more light I'm on kidding. what's going on. Um, but the thing that I latched onto is, you know, um, Throughout the course of this show, there there are lots of references to books. They show yeah. book covers and all this stuff. Um, so this time I decided to, to look a little more into it. 
And um, I pulled up the plot summary of, you know, Turn of the Screw. So I okay. thought I would share that here. All right. It says, an unnamed narrator uh, listens to a male friend reading a manuscript written by a former governess um, whom the letter claims to have known and who is now dead. The manuscript tells the story of how the young governess is hired by a man who has found himself responsible for his niece and nephew after the death of their parents. He lives in London and has no interest in raising the children. The boy, Miles, is attending a boarding school whilst his sister, Flora, is living at the country home in Essex. She is currently being cared for by the housekeeper, Miss Gross. The governess's new employer gives her full charge of the children and explicitly states that she is not to bother him with communications of any sort. Uh, the governess travels to her new employer's country house and begins her duties, taking care of these children. Mm-hmm. Miles soon returns from school for the summer with a letter from the headmaster stating that he has been expelled. Miles never speaks of the matter, and the governess is hesitant to raise the issue. She fears that there is some horrid secret behind the expulsion, but is too charmed by the adorable young boy to want to press the issue. Shortly thereafter, the governess begins to see around the grounds of the estate the figures of a man and woman Um, whom she does not recognize. These figures come and go at will without ever being seen or challenged by other members of the household. And they they seem to the governess to be supernatural. She learns from Miss Groves that her predecessor, Miss Jessel, and Miss Jessel's illicit lover, Peter Quint, both died under curious circumstances. Prior to their death, They spent most of their time with Flora and Miles, and this fact takes on grim significance for the governance when she becomes convinced that the two children are secretly aware of the presence of the ghosts. Mm. So, I mean, I don't know if this doesn't really have anything to do with the plot of Lost, I don't believe, but there's a reason why the writers chose for this book to be the book that this orientation video was hidden behind. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, it seems like the basic idea of this book is this woman cares for these two kids and these two kids are aware of the ghosts of these two people who died mysteriously, but yeah. yet they never mention it. Like they ignore the fact mm-hmm. that they kind of hide the fact that they know about them, right. which kind of suggests that they were somehow responsible yeah. for the death of these people. Right. So, I mean, I've never read this. You know, it's, it's a novella. It's a really short story. And I would, I've thought about it a couple of times. I actually purchased it, but I haven't read it yet. Right, okay. Um, but I would really like to know in their minds what, how this story relates to that orientation video. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is, it's interesting to think about. I mean, like, I guess I could say I make all my own assumptions, you know, mm-hmm. but um, I'm drawing my parallels but they may be wrong or right but yeah. i mean it, it is interesting because i mean they've this is not the only time they've ever said that yeah let's put that back there because it was when they first right. met desmond he said it was in there behind the behind turn of the screw yeah, yeah so right that's true i forgot about that yeah so i mean it's definitely one of those things that we are supposed to look at you mm-hmm. know and hear but what's interesting is somebody hid that movie or that film behind there yeah. in the first place and it may just be arbitrary. Maybe they're just wanting to draw attention to this story that they think is really great. And so they want people to, oh, you know, what's the turn of the screw? And they wanted to get it and read it because they think it's a great story. 
Um, cause I don't think there, there's a good way to explain why, you know, if, um, Oh, what was his name? The guy that, Oh, Radzinski. Yeah. I don't, it's hard to imagine him saying, well, I know the secrets of this orientation video, yeah, so no. I'm going to hide it behind Turner the screw. And that'll be a neat clue about, you know, to this person about what's going on. So, I mean, I don't know what to make of it, but it's, it's nonetheless interesting to, to see what's in the minds of the people that write this show. Oh, yeah, definitely. And to see if it can help us discover anything about it. Yeah, I mean, it kind of points to the fact that whoever did hide it was mm-hmm. was putting, was giving clues. You know, right. was saying, hey, you know, this this uh, this thing is, I don't know if I go back to this, the story, this thing is a, you know, something that is kind of a, a secret mm-hmm. that we only know about. You right. know, and, and and they've kind of stumbled upon it, but, but, but yeah. it was a secret among everybody else. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and that's kind of what I draw from. Oh, the, very good. The yeah, book. so that makes sense. Yeah, I like that a lot. So you know, in the jungle, you know, a group of people are following Michael and, and the crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, they manage to kill one of them, and you know, Kate starts to go after you know one of the other ones when Jack you know, tells them that they've already been warned, so it's not worth going after. Right. Them. And um, it's a really great scene where, you know, Michael is exposed. And we need to watch that. He's getting away! He's dead. We have to find the other one. No! I'm going, sir. I said no! You're crazy? We let him go, they'll know we're coming. He'll warn It doesn't them. matter if we catch him now. I've already been warned. What do you mean, warned? Why don't you tell them, Michael? Jack, I don't know what you're stop buying! Tell them. Tell them what? I know what you're doing, doing Michael! Now what? tell them the truth! It was the only way. They gave me a list. What list? It had your names on it. I had to bring all four of you back when they said I'd never see my son again. Who are they? It's like I said. They, they live in a camp with odds. I swear, that's it. You let Henry go? Did you kill them? Henry, see him? And leave Did you? any other way and, and, and Livy was a mistake I, I, I didn't have time to think but if you did have time you still would have killed her right I'm sorry you understand I am sorry I'm sorry 
my son! You going back? No, Hurley. Hurley, I can't. We're all gonna get killed, and you knew it. And you could us come anyway. It's too late to go back now, Hurley. We already called him ball on us once. If they don't believe that we trust Michael, they'll kill us all. I'm sorry that I didn't say anything. But you have to know that I would never bring you out here if I didn't have a plan. What plan? So what I really like about this scene is that it, it like, I didn't expect them to expose Michael in that way to yeah. where Hurley and Kate and everybody would know exactly what he had done. Yeah. And I love that because we get a chance to see how Hurley responds mm -hmm. to finding out about it. And just you can watch their attitudes about Michael change. Oh yeah, when they find out, and he becomes completely alone. Yeah, definitely. So I thought I think it's a great scene. I don't know if we really learn anything from it, anything new. No, not, I don't think we really learn anything either. But I, I definitely, you definitely get another sense from Michael, and just like we talked about in the last episode, what their perspective would have been if they knew. And we uh -huh. got we got it's kind of it was just they were kind of caught. You know, right. I understand, but. This is awful. Yeah. You know. Now, what's interesting is to, to look at this, and, you know, we had a discussion in the last episode about whether or not Michael could have made a different decision. So here we are where Michael is in a, a position where they all know what he did. Right. But they decide to go ahead and go through with it anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and what I'm wondering is, you know, if he would have started out from the very beginning and told them all the story like we talked about. Yeah. Um, would this response have happened then as well? Or... It's just, just one of those things where, well, we're, we've gone this far. We might as well keep going. I mean, I have a hard time remembering what their motivation to keep going is at this point. Like, now that they know Michael is trying to trick them, why do they decide to keep going? I mean, I th my, my theory on it is I think that they believe with Saeed out there, mm -hmm. they're still going to be able to win. Yeah. You know, and right. but, but um, I, it definitely points to the fact that if – you know, Michael just would have thought about it. Mm -hmm. Said, "Hey, this is what's going going on." They probably would have went. Yeah, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, they're willing to go, like you said, and and risk their lives at this point, thinking yeah. that they may probably will die. Mm -hmm. um, but just in case of just a small chance that they won't, they still go. But right. the, you know, so I don't know. It's it makes Michael look that much worse. You know. Yeah, and that's also. I just happened to think here. You know, obviously they knew even before they left, or Jack and Saeed yeah, knew. Uh -huh. And they still decided to go. Yeah. So, I mean, it even, it makes it even more clear that it would have been reasonably simple yeah. for Michael to convince them to go without having to kill Ana Lucia and Libby. Definitely. And this, this episode just kind of proved that. Yeah. I mean, they continued on, they knew they were being tricked, but they had a plan anyway. So it didn't really matter what Michael's plan right. was. Right. And they could have done the same thing. Yeah. If he had approached it in a better way. I, I, I agreed. And it just it's just awful to watch. Um because I me, mean, Michael is he is essentially at this point the worst person on the island. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So So in the hatch, you know, in a flashback, we see, you know, Desmond, you know, triggered the blast door so Kelvin can work on the diagram mm -hmm. on the door. So, you know, Kelvin is the one who drew it, but Radzinski is the one who started it. Right. We do find that out. 
And we also find out that Radzinski blew his brains out. Yeah. Um, you know, interesting thing about, you know, Desmond triggering the blast doors was that there were no black lights that came on. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. I mean, I don't know if this was more of a, like, um, a technical thing where they, they didn't want to have to shoot this entire scene with a black light on, or if there's some good reason why there was no black light yet to where he had to paint this thing without even being able to see what he was doing. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't get that unless the doors had to get down all the way, well, essentially down. I mean, they were crushing, um, well, they were crushing Mm -hmm. a small little thing and then the lights turned on after everything was down. It didn't like the doors didn't start to come down and light came on. It was after it was already down. Oh, that's true. So maybe like sometimes, you know, Kelvin would work on this. And, you know, Desmond would basically sit in the room with the computer and wait till he was done so the light could be on. Right. But in this particular case, the door was lodged up so it wouldn't close all the way so the lights never came on. Yeah, yeah, that's the only way I could think of. Cause and that it, makes, I mean, it's perfectly legitimate. I mean, it makes sense to me. Yeah, I, I didn't see any other reason why the lights wouldn't come on this time. So, uh-huh. so yeah, that that would make much more sense. You know, he's he could, most of the time he can see just fine. He mm-hmm. can see the diagram as he's doing it. So he's not doing this entire thing, you know, blind, yeah. basically. Well, I mean... Um, I, when he and Kelvin was doing this, he was the only one in the hatch, mm-hmm. so he couldn't. That's true. He couldn't yeah. go out and do the. He couldn't go out and do the alarm. Right, if he was stuck in the hatch. That's right. So, and plus, that cart was already dented up pretty bad, right. like they had done it many times right. before. Yeah, and he says that you know you've watched me do it many yeah, that, times before. Yeah. You can do it this time. Yeah. That so kind of he thing. was on. Yeah, he's on. So and that was just to do to make the little thing come down mm-hmm. and then he got up there and did it but yeah it was like yeah i don't know so i'm assuming that that's probably why they did that so that they had to get over there to do the code they could right you know i mean they could slide under it and do that's whatever, true because they know. kind of triggered it off of its normal time schedule right yeah so they they ran the risk of you know the whole delicate system of the hatch right. you know working against them and them not being able to mm-hmm. get back over there to enter the numbers in yeah time. very good point yeah, i like that so, you know, character bit, you know, you know, Desmond was kicked out of the army, you know, for fo- not following orders. Right. Uh, he says. And Kelvin left because men followed his orders. Yeah. And he then joined the Dharma Initiative. Yeah. So we get a little more backstory between the time when, you know, Saeed knew Kelvin and when Kelvin started, you know, doing, yeah. you know, pushing the button for a living. Right. And I would love to know more about that story. I mean, yeah, about why no he, I mean, how he found out about it in the first place. Right. I mean, it almost suggests in some ways that it's kind of related to the military. Yeah, like the no, fact I that agree. he knew about it at all. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, he had some type of um, in because he was a military member. Mm-hmm. He got he got out, but this seemed like a way to still stay, you know, taken care of and be able to use his, you know, mm-hmm. his military background. Da 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 da. Because right. I mean, I know being in the military, when you still go to get out. The civilian world can be awful scary. And so you mm-hmm. start kind of looking in like military sectors for jobs, you right. know, that could be easily slide Some, right into. Yeah, more comfortable, right. and more like what you're used to, right. that kind of thing. Okay, that makes sense. So in a flashback, you know, you know, Desmond awakes to the alarm going off and you can hear the muffled sounds of, you know, Kelvin down beneath the floor of the hatch. And um, there's a lot of interesting things that happen in that scene. Um Obviously, the base one is we discover that there's a fail safe, yeah, a key that they can put in, and he says it makes all this go away, yeah. And um, another thing we learn in that scene is you know, the incident you know was related to electromagnetism, uh, that there was a leak, so now the magnetic you know f- builds up 
and every 108 minutes they enter the numbers, press execute, and that discharges that magnetic yeah. buildup, mm-hmm. which is interesting when we, you know, with what we find out later in the episode. Yeah. And we'll get there. Was there anything else from that scene that stuck out to you? Uh, no, I mean, because that's, you're talking about the scene where he was actually down underneath. Yeah, he was and, drunk, laying down yeah. there, getting ready to put the key in, but he didn't. His key had the Dharma signal on it. And yeah. I was, you know, I noticed that. And this, it was just, uh, and the whole little hat, little thing that the key was under was a, yeah, was like a, looked like a Dharma signal as well, uh-huh. or a symbol as well. Right. And, uh, I don't know. It just, it seems like when he says, you know, this whole thing goes away. I couldn't mean I, I couldn't decide whether that meant it blows up the, or the dead issue, or the the requirement the or, responsibility the issue goes away or if the actual thing goes place away or or right. yeah or this like this yeah this whole island and I, I it couldn't it, to me it didn't I, it didn't make sense whether like he may you die mm-hmm. or you just leave this place yeah yeah and it wasn't clear at all yeah. definitely. But, I mean, of course, the incident. We finally found yeah. out what this incident is, um, which was really, really great to find out once and for all. Um, but we'll come back to that in a minute. Okay. So in the hatch, you know, in real time, Locke, you know, tells Desmond his story, you know, his experience with the hatch and all about Boone's death. Mm-hmm. And Desmond seems to remember, you know, Locke banging on the yeah. hatch door after Boone was killed. And, of course, we get, you know, more on that in a moment. Um, but on the north side of the island, Saeed gets to where the others had taken Michael and discovers that all of the buildings are completely empty. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes to the door that had the Dharma logo on it with the square or the yeah. rectangle in the middle, and it's a door to nothing. Yeah. He just opens it up, and it's just it's like a set piece. It's all that's all it is. Mm-hmm. Exactly what it looked like to me it was just a set. Yeah. You know, a closed set, and that was yeah, it. Yeah, which know. goes back to Waltz. They're pretending they're yep. not who they say they are, the the makeup and the fake beard. Exactly. They're trying to make this look like something. Mm-hmm. And it, it would be, I mean, it's really interesting to think of why they wouldn't let it appear to be what it truly is. Right. Like why they're trying to disguise it as something else. Yeah. Yeah, I, that is interesting. It, I don't know, it's... Uh, it just well, like I said, it's it's just like it's before we talked about them scaring them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they right. are playing a part in this whole whatever this study or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, it almost made me think that um, what seeing Walt. I mean, this is going way off on a tangent here, but seeing Walt, um, you know, and the water look and stuff like that, uh-huh. and this whole thing and the whole globe thing. It almost made me think that like, and this is really weird, but to think that everything is inverted like they are un, like under water mm-hmm. and that this this thing is like basically under under this water you know and then and, 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 and like their world is opposite of ours oh right yeah. so like the island i mean they're like under the island kind of thing yeah like they're under an island thing and this water and stuff or whatever it seems to them like it's it seems like an ocean but they are right. they are underneath something else you know let me see if I can wrap my mind around. It's really, it's here. really hard for me to think about, but it just because some of this stuff starts to make sense, you know. So, where are the the people that are on the island? Where are they at? The people that are on the island, like like Jack, Jack and all of them, yeah. Like to me, like if they were, I don't know. This, like I said, it's really hard for me to imagine. But like, um, what I started thinking about was like the Bermuda Triangle, mm-hmm. and like this thing sucked them into something, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and we might talk about the. We'll talk about the, Oh, so it's like they're inside of a bubble under the water. Yeah, they're, they've been pulled right. into something, you know, okay. like, like yeah, it doesn't really exist. It's like another, like, 
a dimension of some yeah. sort, but they've been sucked into something. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and I, there's a reason why I think that, uh, ex- even from this episode when, um, I guess I can go ahead and say it now, but where he tells him to head off in a direction and he gives him exactly uh-huh. a bearing. Right. And it's like, that's the only way to get out, mm-hmm. you know? So it seems like everything else around that doesn't really exist. That there's only one and, and trying to think scientific. I'm not a scientist. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know I know what you mean. Like it's, it div- exists in a really weird space, yeah. like a dimension almost. Of a zone, and there's yeah. one way in, there's one, one way, way out. out, everything else. It's like, there's nothing there. Exactly. Yeah, I see what you mean. Very, that's a very good idea. So, you know, in the jungle, mm-hmm. you know, Michael and his crew, you know, find a huge pile of these pneumatic canisters. Yeah. Uh, deposits made by the people in the Pearl Station. Yeah, want to read those. And let's watch that. Okay. Jack? Book. The journal entries. 0400 SR moves ping pong table again. 0415 takes a shower. What is this? Hey, Doc. Would you say Saeed's signal's gonna be when the coast is clear to hit that beach party? That means he found them, right? That's miles from here. Where were you taking us? What? Saeed said he'd like the signal so that we could meet him at the shore. Why aren't we going to the beach? We are headed to the we're beach. We're nowhere near the beach! I had to! What? So obviously, I mean, apparently those tubes were not going to the powers that be after no. all. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Tell so me what you think. That was it. Was another well, uh, it actually points to the fact that that was the pearl was in a test itself, yeah, just right. shooting them out in the middle of the jungle. Mm-hmm. You know, I would like to read those though because yeah. I would like to know what had happened. But um, 
is it's so interesting because I assumed that this. I mean, I knew it went somewhere because it uh-huh. shot up somewhere. But this is a fact that it's just flying out in the middle of jungle. Right. That was crazy to me. I yeah. mean, just piles of them. Now, what's interesting to think about is if you know you imagine these two guys sitting down on this pearl station, mm-hmm. watching what's going on in all these other places, and you know if if what we are assuming is true what they were watching was legitimate things. Yeah. They were watching true things going on, mm-hmm. but in their minds, these are people that think they're doing something legitimate, right. but really they're just, you know, being observed. Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting to think about that. Yeah. Like there's, who knows what they saw when they were in there. Yeah. But, um, they thought all of it was fake. Yeah. But so who knows the amazing things they saw assumed were fake, but were actually these really big deals. Yeah. And it's just really cool to think about these yeah. guys sitting down there logging all that stuff in these I, books. I'm just like, I don't know. I'm at a loss to why mm-hmm. they would submit to people, you know, and put them well, through this. C- clearly, they were truly doing a study. Sure. But it's these guys who were the ones being studied, yeah. not the people they thought they were well, studying. Well, yeah, but I'm saying like, it's like... To me, it's like, okay, well, everything else is going on, but you, you focus in your group on just two people while mm-hmm. all this real-life stuff is actually happening around them, right. like how they respond to it. I mean, I don't know. It just seems it just seems like the, all this island's a pretty big deal for just those two people to be studied. Yeah. You know, like if there's really something That's like, true. Well, I mean, it, it almost seems like there's legitimate business that needs to be done, but alongside that, we're also sides, doing research. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And like... You know, these guys are going to get to witness some of the amazing things we're doing, but they're going to believe that it's all completely fake. Yeah. I didn't, when we were in that hat, that, well, we weren't in there, but the camera was in the hatch. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it seemed like the only thing that was in there was like a, like two desk chairs, you know, like chairs, you know, mm-hmm. and like, uh, like school type chairs. It didn't look like there was like set up to live down there at all. No, it didn't. You know, but they no. said that your tour is like three weeks, two or three yeah. weeks. Right. I'm like, you're going to leave them in there for two or three weeks? Yeah. Like that? Pretty na- I mean, that's why the whole place was covered in, you know, cigarette butts, and it was pretty nasty down there. Yeah. But, I mean, sleeping, eating, bathroom. I didn't uh-huh. see any of those accommodations, you know? Right. So, I don't know. It just weird, weirds me out. Yeah, it is really weird. I mean, it's kind of creepy to think about these guys sitting down there seeing who knows what yeah. happened. And, like, it would really mess with your head. Like, depending on what you saw. Right. You know, that those people think what they're doing is real, but it's actually fake. And you know that in your mind. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like I said, who knows what they witnessed? Right. No, no kidding. That was really real. Yeah. You know, but yeah. Anyway, you know, just then they see Saeed's signal fire and, you know, notice how far away it is. Mm-hmm. And Jack realizes that Michael wasn't taking them back to that camp. Right. He was taking them somewhere else. Yeah. And then obviously we hear the whispers. Yeah. And then they're attacked. Mm-hmm. End of scene. Yeah. Yeah. Which I thought Michael was taking them back to the camp. Mm-hmm. I think he was taking them exactly where he was supposed to take them. Mm-hmm. Somehow they knew Saeed was doing what he was doing. And yeah. they knew that they were the way they were coming. And, and, and they they intervened. I mean, that's the only way I could think of it. I don't know. I, I get the total sense of that Michael was the one leading them. And he was leading him to this spot, and that's why they were there waiting to attack them. Oh, really? That's what I always thought. Oh, okay. Because yeah, was you know, because Michael's like, you know, Jack calls him out on. It. He's like, I'm sorry, you know, I didn't have a choice. Like this is what he was supposed to do was to bring him to this point. Uh, okay, okay, that's probably right. Yeah, I but, did. I, I yeah. So he's bringing that point. Yeah, because they were real far away from that signal fire. That's for sure. Yeah. 
Right. So, but I mean, they must have, they must have, well, that was probably their diversion. They probably knew that they would follow them. Mm -hmm. They would set up something. So they decided not to go that back, back that route. So, right. Okay. Now in light of all the the other things we've learned, you know, in the last, you know, last half of this season, do you Mm -hmm. have any more thoughts on the whispers? Whoa. Yeah, no, (laughs) the, the last, the last part, uh, that I had with the whispers was that these are the whispers of the people that are, that have left this Island are mm-hmm. somehow, you know, able to be heard. Like, you know, we talked about like, I, you know, I still think it was like, um, Boone and, and now, you know, Shannon and Libby and mm-hmm. Ana Lucia. I think that the, you know, they are the whispers and I don't know how they're being heard. Right. You know, um, but once again, this, I mean, this, you know, we'll get into like how I feel about this, but it just, it, honestly, I'm just, I'm at a loss, yeah. you know, so. But in light of what we learned in the last episode about mm-hmm. Walt and the type of research they were doing on yeah. him, uh-huh. it, I think it provides some clues. Yeah. I mean, that they're doing it's, something that's really paranormal. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what it is. I mean, there's definitely a paranormal type element to this island. I mean, he can... He, you know, Walt can project himself places or yeah. that these voices are coming from, you know, ghost, mm-hmm. you know, ghosts or, or whatever, you know, but, um, or people that are projecting their voices beyond, you know, wherever they're at to right. them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know exactly what that means though at this point. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, uh, in a flashback, you know, Kelvin is about to go out of the hatch to do whatever it is he's been doing. And, you know, Desmond notices that his protective suit is ripped, mm-hmm. um, but doesn't say anything at all. And, uh, you know, Desmond decides to follow him and, and to surprise, you know, to his surprise, as soon as, you know, Kelvin is outside, he removes his gas mask. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, so telling us pretty much there is no sickness. Right. And, uh, you know, Desmond follows him to the to the beach and, you know, sees his boat. And, you know, Kelvin has already realized that he's being followed and, and tells Desmond he's fixing the boat and they can leave in a week. Right. Um, he tells Desmond that he lied to him about the button because he needed a sucker to save the world after he left. Yeah. And Desmond attacks him and, and ends up hitting his head against the rocks, killing Kelvin. Right. And Desmond takes the, the fail-safe key and runs back to the hatch. You know, as he gets there, the alarm is sounding and a speaker is repeating system failure over and over right. again. And the hieroglyphics are visible on the counter again. And the magnetic force, you know, we've seen so many times before, starts pulling everything inside of the hatch towards it. Yeah. Um, But finally, he gets the numbers in and it stops. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot here. Mm Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to figure out where to start. Obviously, you know, he sees the guy's suit is ripped. Yeah. uh, Assumes it didn't rip just at that moment. Right. So he's like, well, you know, something's something's going on. He's not telling me everything follows him out um i mean, I guess if there's this one thing we learned about kelvin you know talking about being a spook or i guess that just means being a spy right for so many years so he was a spy at yeah. some point um but do you think him fixing the boat was he really planning to abandon desmond or do you think he was actually planning on both of them being able to leave together oh i thought he was abandoning mm-hmm. desmond i mean you know, I don't think he had any intention of taking Desmond with him because I think he still half believed that he'd still need to push that button. Right. But he couldn't do it no more himself. Mm-hmm. And that was my thoughts. I mean, that's why he didn't let Desmond in on any information. 
Right. You yeah. Know? Yeah, and like he even says, you know, he needed a sucker to save the world right, after yeah. he left. So, yeah, it's kind of like he, he tells him the truth first and then tries to, to smooth it over to, yeah. to get Desmond to leave him alone and yeah. so he can get on with the work on the boat kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. But uh, obviously, you know, Desmond getting back into the hatch and it being kind of in this state of system failure, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's a big clue that the button is legitimate. Yeah. Something's going on. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I mean it, it. Like actually, th- at this point, it became a lot, a lot worse than even when we saw with um, uh, what was it, uh, Jack, and then whenever they let let the button go. Uh-huh. And, I mean, this was actually like started the place started to come apart. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was definitely like you could see that there there was a lot more power here than mm-hmm. we had realized up to this point. Definitely. So on a pier somewhere on the island, you know. The bearded guy's name we find out is Tom, mm-hmm. and the woman Miss Clue is named B. Yeah, and just then Henry shows up on a boat. Yeah, Henry seems to be the powerful one. Yeah, the one that you know. He definitely seemed like the leader. Yeah, like you know, where's your beard? You know, just kind of at least taking in this, charge of the yeah. whole situation and Le- being the one that gave Michael, you know, the right to go ahead and get on the boat, all that stuff. Yeah, and he, t- you know, he's the one who says we are. We are people of our word, and uh-huh. you know, I mean, he he definitely was. Um, it seemed like he was the one to control, and I don't know. It just makes me. It points back to him being captured. Mm-hmm. Totally was meant to happen. Yeah, I mean, he, if he's this guy that's in charge, he's not gonna walk into a booby trap like that. Uh-huh. And you know, I mean, uh, there's some. There's definitely a reason for him to be captured because I think it had he wanted to get Jack and all them captured for some reason you right. know and that was the only way he could see it i mean that's only that's the way it had to play out yeah like I, said. I, I guess i could see that but it seems like a whole lot to go through just to create he a had circumstance a, well he had Michael. to learn who was who that's true that's you know true. i mean because they didn't have the list yet well know? but if, if your theory about ethan is true about him having the original list and being was supposed to be the guy to go and get them but he didn't but get failed it. i mean apparently they knew who they were like the moment they crashed on the island Wait, wait, wait. You had your theory. I think it was the last episode. Mm-hmm. You said that um, it was possible that Ethan's mission, whenever he got to their camp in the first place, was to take those people, those four people. Well, he was supposed to, if you remember right, he was supposed to acquire a list. For, oh, to make a to list. To make a list. Oh, okay. I thought that, he, that Tom said whenever they were talking down in that medical hash uh-huh. of time that he was supposed to get the people on the list. Oh, I thought I, I was. I heard it the other way that he was supposed to get the uh, get a list of the people, and he's like, they had a oh man to of, get. Yeah, that's right. I think you're and right. And then, and if that's the case, then it wasn't done. So Henry had to, well, whatever his name is for real, <laughs> but Henry had to infiltrate the camp to find out who was who. Uh-huh. And you know, he was basically saying, "I'm going to do the job myself." That's, you know? Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Then. Okay, I, I see where you're coming from then. So, you know, Desmond reviews the computer log from the Pearl Station mm-hmm. and makes a discovery. Um, it turns out, you know, that the day Desmond didn't get the numbers put in in time is the same day that Flight 815 crashed. Yeah. yeah. And the button is real. Yeah. You know, and Locke refuses to believe it and picks up the computer and smashes it. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if it's real or not. It's not getting pushed. It's you know? not working. <laughs> Awful. And, uh, yeah, so I just wrote, you know, there will be no more pushing of the button. I mean, I'm happy about that, but, yeah. I mean, the world's dead now, but. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, Desmond freaks out and, you know, runs to the bookshelves to, to get the book that he plans to read just before he dies. Mm-hmm. And let's watch that scene. Can you help me? I'm trying, brother. Dearest Des, I am writing this letter to you as you leave for prison, and I've hidden it in the one place you would turn to in a moment of great desperation. I know you go away with the weight of what happened on your shoulders, and I know the only person who can ever take it off is you. Please don't give up, Des, because all we really need to survive is one person who truly loves us. And you have her. I will wait for you always. I love you. Pen. days before you came down here, before we met, I heard a banging on the hatch door, shouting. But it was you, John, wasn't it? You say there isn't any purpose. There's no such thing as fate. But you saved my life, brother, so that I could save yours. No, no, no. None of this is real. Nothing is going to happen. We're going to be okay. I've got to go. 
And you've got to get as far away from here as possible. Go where? Stop! I'm going to blow the dam, John. I'm sorry for whatever happened that made you stop believing. But it's all real. And now I've got to go and make it all go away. Wait, Desmond! I'll see you in another life, brother. who truly loves us and you have her I will wait for you always I love you I love you Penny So obviously, you know, Desmond heard Locke banging on the hatch. Yeah. You know, just as he was about, you know, at the really low point and he was missing Penny really bad. 
And, um, you know, here's Locke banging outside and turns on the light. Right. Which, you know, Locke used as a sign mm-hmm. that he was going in the right direction. Yeah. You know. Um, then we have, you know, the fact that Desmond goes into the floor below the hatch and, you know, he finally turns the failsafe key. Yep. And it goes white. Um, and uh, let's see. He tells Locke, I'm sorry for whatever happened that made you stop believing, mm-hmm. but it's real. I'll see you in another life, brother. Yeah. Again. Locke tells, you know, Echo, I was wrong. And, you know, obviously, I, I think I skipped ahead here. Desmond turns the key. Yeah. Um, let's see here. And we hear the odd sounds outside. Oh, yeah. Crazy. And the sky turns kind of a white, purplish color. Mm-hmm. And the quarantine door from the hatch flies out of the sky and lands on the beach. Yep. I guess, you know, to indicate to us that something major happened where the hatch was. Yeah, definitely. But just, yeah, talk about anything from that, that whole scene there. Okay, well, obviously, you know, the him turning that and the noise and stuff it was making, um, it, it made me feel like... Um, once again, that's a whole like pulling thing. Like it seemed like mm-hmm. that's why I was thinking like the whole Bermuda Triangle type thing is like whenever he talked about them, them not get, you know them crashed on that day is when he mm-hmm. messed up. It was like the magnetic pull was pulled their plane in at that point because he hadn't pushed a button. You know, it was like if all the buttons being pushed, you know, and this because this this magnetic thing that's in there mm-hmm. has the power to do this. But if they keep that button pushed, everything's fine. But instead, they didn't, so it pulled them into this area, this dimension, right? You know. But when he did the little key thing, I don't. I definitely do not believe Locke's dead. Mm-hmm. I don't believe um, um, Echo's dead. I don't know that I think that Desmond's coming back. I think okay. Esmond, or Esmond, Desmond is, <laughs> I think Desmond's gone. Okay. And, um, and the reason why I think that, I don't know, but I think that whatever part he had to play in this is, is that basically he was willing to sacrifice himself mm-hmm. and he got his honor back. Right. You know, I mean, literally he took, paid the, he thought he was going to die. Okay. And he ultimate sacrifice there. Mm-hmm. He's gone, you know? Right. Um, but the sky turning white and stuff like that, it made me think, like, um, about, like, when people, like I told you, when people die, I see a bright light. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, almost like they were being, being, ba- back, uh, being brought back to life. Yeah. You know, it was like that. And I, like, bring them, they were almost, I was waiting for them all to, like, open their eyes and wake yeah. up. Mm-hmm. You know, from something. Right. Because uh, of a crazy noise. and Yeah, and the whole statement by Kelvin about, you know, all this goes away. Yeah. Yeah, that was a like it's almost like a like one of those mind things. Mm-hmm. This turns off, and turns you're back. off the matrix. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're back. You know. Yeah. Um, but man, it was it was such a crazy thing. I mean, just the noise and mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, the thing I have the most trouble with is the sky. Yeah, yeah. turning weird exactly. colors. Like, what would possibly cause it to do that? I was I was gonna Google that. I was gonna say, what would cause the sky to <laughs> turn sky white and search. purple? Yeah. You know, you know, like <laughs> is that like some kind of electricity thing? Yeah, you know. I had no clue. Uh, and I don't know. And, and I mean, the fact that we know why the sky is blue in real life, you know, real life, the mm-hmm. fact that something obviously it points to the fact that this isn't. Yeah, that's not, not a it's not a sky. world thing. It's not. A, it's not that's a, true. That's a good point. That would support your theory about this being something other than real, a real island. Yeah. And being somewhere else. Because there's no way. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's yeah, not that, gonna, you know, that's a good point. Maybe like. 
temporarily it disabled all of these kind of cloaking mechanisms mm. that made this appear like a real right. ordinary place. Right. It's like for a moment they saw what things actually looked like yeah, there. Basically, you're in just a white, you know, white, crazy, uh-huh. you know, you know. Right. Something. It's a white, crazy something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and then, and then as it, then it comes back, you know, it's like, oh, uh, you know, mm-hmm. they were able to come back to their, well, fake reality, you know, whatever right. it is, you mm-hmm. know. Right. So on the beach, you know, Charlie shows up, but Echo and Locke, you know, are not there, nor is mm-hmm. Desmond, like you said. On the pier, you know, we see that that they're on the, the Pala Pier, right. which was referenced in the, you know, the Pearl Orientation video, right. the Pala Ferry. So they're on the pier where that ferry Would, docks, yeah, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, Ben says, or Bean, um, let me see. Yeah, yeah. He says, follow the compass bearing of 325, and um, Walt, or you and Walt will find rescue. Yeah. And once you leave, you'll never be able to get back. Yeah. And, um, you know, who are you people, Michael says. Um, we're, the gun, we're the good guys. Yeah. And, um, you know, Henry tells Hurley to, or not Henry, it's B, I guess. B tells Hurley to go back to his, you know, camp and to tell the rest of their people that they can never come to this part of the island. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he says, what about my friends? And um, your friends are coming with us, Henry yeah. says. And, you know, Michael floats off in his boat with Walt and, um, you know, bags are placed over the heads of Jack, Kate, and Sawyer. Yeah. So that's the last we see of them mm-hmm. in this episode. Any thoughts on any of that stuff? Like, I mean, we're the good guys. Um, the the issue of the fact that they're coming home with us. Oh, uh, you see, I got- is this where we're summing up the episode two? Because no, this is just the that, that one that scene. One scene okay. Yeah. Well, if I'm looking at that scene, I I have to think. Okay, um, if he says that they're the good guys, there has to be a bad guy. You know right. what I'm saying? If it's, if he's he's alluding, maybe the bad people are the people that they've been with the whole time. You mm-hmm. know, um, and he's saying we're you know going to take you with us, which is probably away from that place we know that they don't stay there mm-hmm. you know we know that 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 thing to them is a set yeah it's, it's a place it's that work. they work yeah. yeah so they're going home and if home is back to reality or wherever right. that may be that's what it seems like at this point you know right. oh i had it wrong here it isn't b that says to follow the compass bearing it was henry that told him that okay yeah okay that whole scene was between henry and michael right yeah yeah okay. i think okay. right. yeah okay yeah, I mean, it, it seems like, I mean, it almost, I remember the first time I saw this, I actually thought these are normal American U.S. citizens, right. and they're taking these people who have done horrible things like to almost like a prison right. or something, like they've been trying to catch these people, and now they're taking them to prison. Oh, okay. That was the first thing that came to my mind when I saw it the first time. I just I just assume that they're taking them back and go. I could see season three opening up with um, Jack and Kate and Sawyer away from this island mm-hmm. and, and learning more about what kind of what's going on. Right. Um, I don't know. I because I, I mean it doesn't seem like I mean they're on this dock for a reason. Right. They're they're not they're not staying. Mm-hmm. You know. Right. So. And then of course the character bit here. You know Charlie and Claire are really starting to mend their relationship. Right. You know, which is good. I mean, I oh, remember yeah. it was really disappointing when there started to be like this huge distance between mm-hmm. the two of them. 
So this is a very good thing. You know, yeah, definitely. So much more enjoyable to watch. Yeah, I agree. And then finally here, in a snow camp somewhere, let's watch. Destruir a sua defesa. Essa será a última vez que você verá o torre. Tudo parte do plano, meu amigo. Tudo parte do plano. Ah, então seu plano deve ser perder. Agora, por favor. O quê? Por quanto tempo está fazendo isto? Não é. A gente não percebeu de novo. Eles vão matar a gente. Cacá. Nós perdemos. Fala de novo que eu é um alarme falso. Fala de novo que eu é um mensagem total. Cala a boca e chama ajuda. Miss Whitmore. Yes. It's ours. I think we found it. So there there's there's a lot yeah. here. I mean, let's let's start off at the beginning here. Obviously, these guys are somewhere a really cold, oh, snowy yeah. place in the middle of this little building, mm-hmm. you know, playing games with a computer sitting over there that's apparently detecting these magnetic yeah, anomalies. exactly. And, you know, they he makes a comment about, you know, this isn't a false alarm. Mm-hmm. And then he says, let me see if I can remember here, something about, you know, let me think here. He made a comment before he made the comment about being a false alarm about so we, something about missing it again. Yeah, did, yeah, we almost missed it again or we missed it again, yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, then they make the call to Penny Widmore mm-hmm. and say, you know, it's us, you know, we I think we found it. Yeah. Obviously talking about this island. Yes. And it obviously goes back to Penny's comment about with enough money, money. and determination mm-hmm. you can find anybody. Yep. So, let's paint this picture here. Okay. You know, Penny, you know, is left behind when Desmond goes off on this race. You know, I guess I forget if we know how long he's been in that hatch. Well, we know it's been it's, at least two years because he made the comment to Kelvin about having not been outside for, for two, two years. years. Yeah. So, it's been at least three years because that, well, that I guess the yeah. solo race around the world was for a year, yeah. but he never completed it. Yeah, he never completed it, yeah. So, yeah, at least two, two or years. three years. Yeah. And, you know, she decides she's going to put her resources to work and find out where he's at. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting about this is how did she get to the point where she decided that she needed to have this team of guys watching for electromagnetic anomalies in order to find out where it was located? Telling you, Bermuda Triangle (laughs) sucked them in. I'm telling you that. Only thing I could really think of during this time was that they disappeared. Uh-huh. Like it's one of those things where they're not confirmed dead, they're not confirmed alive, but this vanished. Right. Like their 
the plane, the boat, the air balloon mm-hmm. vanished, you know? Yeah. And so nobody's given up on these people, but there's no explanation. And, and you know, every time you do anything like, like you know, the supernatural or like that, always have to do with like, you know, energy mm-hmm. and magnetic, you know, pull and things like that. And that, I mean, it makes me think that she was saying, if he's out there, I'm going to find him. Yeah. You know, but that's what the thing though was, I mean, how did she get from the point of, you know, well, I'm going to send out a group of guys to find him no matter where he's at in the world to he's not somewhere ordinary that I can find him. Well, he's mi- somewhere where I need to have this team of guys with a computer looking for electromagnetic anomalies. Well, it points to me. I mean, this is obviously just all chaos theory for me, but <laughs> um, it makes me think that maybe she has an insight from like maybe uh-huh. like her dad had something to do with this. Mm-hmm. She knows about it, but doesn't know exactly about it. He won't right. tell her, uh-huh. you know, so she knows, okay, this is what is done. This is where it's at. The idea of it. Now we have to find it because he's never going to tell me. Yeah. You know, but I do true. know what's going on. Like you know? she has, she knows enough to know that he's somewhere that she can't find by exactly. traditional means. Yeah. Um, but, and maybe she even knows something about the le- electromagnetic yeah. weirdness of that yeah. island. Yeah, good point. Very, very good idea. Now, let's let's talk about the episode in general, and I'll let you start this Okay. Out. Well, amazing episode, but I'm probably more confused now than I've ever been. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. you know, just That's the I, fun thing about the show. Yeah, though. just when I thought I was kind of piecing some stuff together, uh-huh. like this is a tailspin, out of control episode right. for me. Where I was sitting there going, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to make sense from any of this. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, which was great, but like, I, I mean, just it, my, my brain's like just mush at this point. Yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea right. what's going on. See, that, what I love about this show is I'm in the, I was in the exact same boat. Like I had all these ideas about right. what I thought was going on. And then, you know, it's like they, they have an episode that shatters mm-hmm. most of my theory. Mm-hmm. And part of me is like, well, what the heck's going on? But the other half's like, I trust that these guys know what they're doing well enough to make this into an awesome story. Yeah. So then I get excited thinking about, well, I was completely off base. So what direction are they going in? Right. And that is really exciting. Yeah, I can definitely see where there was those people that were like, I'm not watching no more. Yeah. This is going to require more of an investment yeah, than it's I have like, time for. You know, I mean, <laughs> Dane Cook, he, he made a comment. He said, you know, he goes, this is me watching Lost. He goes, every commercial, <laughs> what the beep is going on? Yeah. You know, what just happened? You know, and that's how right. I am at the every yeah. like break, you know, I'm going, I'm lost, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and Andy Bernard from the office, he's about to get his lost on, you know I mean? At the end of <laughs> yeah. each episode, I'm just like wanting to get my lost on again because I got to uh-huh. find out more. And I have that luxury. Yep. Because I can kind of, I can just say, okay, well, we're going to record, so I'm going to watch another one in a couple of days. Right. But if this is the end of ep- or season two for you all, mm-hmm. I mean, I would have, I would have been, it was freaking bad. out. But the cool thing about it was that we had the entire hiatus to to get all these really smart people writing these theories about what the heck was going to happen the next season. That's true. And it gave you so much time. We're like, I mean, you're talking like seven, eight months. Wow. And like, that's a lot of time for people to sit there, you know, work all day, kind of thinking in the back of their mind yeah. about what could possibly be going on and then write out these great that's, theories. That's, that's really actually really good. I mean, but I would definitely prefer to have your experience <laughs> yeah. to work like season two's done. Go yeah. get season three DVDs, about to do it. insert disc one. You know? Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. So. But yeah, this is a great episode. I mean, the whole mystery of what's going to happen to Jack, Kate and Sawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it changes the whole show. Yeah, it does. I mean, because we can't go back to, you know, Gilligan's Island and the lost survivors and Jack getting, you know, all in a tizzy when mm-hmm. things don't go his way. That changes. Yeah, it does. And so you, you really get excited about what this means for the future of the show. Yeah, definitely. So I'm looking forward to, to season three. Me as well. Uh, there are some rough patches, um, but it's it'll be quick. I think it's it's a little bit... No, I think it's actually the same length as season two. Is it? But it starts off rough, but I think in toward the middle of season three is when they finally nailed down when the end date was going to be. Oh, okay. So it really picks up pace and improves, but it's going to be great. Okay. Nonetheless. Anything else? That's it for me. Well, we got some voicemails here, so uh, let's take a listen to those. All right. Hey, guys. It's Greg from Atlanta, and uh, you can use this in the podcast. I'm really glad you're doing this. Um, I have a buddy that has all the uh, lost DVDs, and I've been watching it um, probably somewhere in season one and picked up in season two. I, I know it's all the finale of season one, but uh, but this really gave me the uh, reason to, to go back and watch all the DVDs um, again and uh, picking up so much stuff this time through. But one thing about the uh, season finale um, with, uh, with Libby, um, it's interesting that we've, we've seen her with, uh, with Hurley and, uh, and now with Desmond as well. It seems like she must be someone that, uh, that is, you know, getting people to the island somehow. Um, I don't know. I don't think she directly gets Hurley to the island, but obviously with, with getting Desmond a boat, uh, she helped him. So, um, very interesting thing there. Uh, but again, keep up the great work. Uh, it's it's uh, it's great to uh, to follow along with you guys, and uh, you got a great concept and uh, and uh, a feel for uh, Anton. Not uh, being able to watch season five right now. All right, take care. Bye. Hey, Anton and Evan, it's Jed from the non-frozen tundra of Des Moines. We're thawing out here right now. It's really great. I want to call for a few things. First, just listen to uh, your podcast on question mark. You guys are really doing a great job. I'm really enjoying you playing the clips and uh, hearing bits from the show than you discussing them. Thanks a lot. I know it's a lot of work to do in production, but uh, I'm really enjoying that. Second, uh, you'll be watching uh, three minutes coming up, the uh, story of Michael and what happened when he ran off and to the others. Um, it's a pretty decent episode. There's, there's a lot going on there. I love the conversation Miss Clue and and Michael have about Walt and the little hints of did he ever appear somewhere that he wasn't supposed to be? Um, I, Walt's such an intriguing character. I, I want to learn so much more about him. Um, but anyway, my, the real reason I called was your contest. Uh, you're doing a contest where people call in. They, you count the number of times they call in. You then give a prize. And I had a thought that you don't have to do this, but here, here's just an idea of how maybe that could be adjusted. Um, you know, I love calling on the show just, just a call, uh, and I already own all the seasons of Lost, so the prize doesn't really matter to me. Um, what I could do, though, is I, I thought it would be a good idea if, if maybe you guys could to challenge your listeners um, to go out and find somebody who's never seen the show, and uh, I would give out my DVDs to that person, and they would watch the show, and if they call in, you know, maybe count the number of calls from the people who call in who've never seen the show, and whoever got those people to call in, they could reference who it was. And whoever, whoever that person is who brings in the most new listeners, 
and new viewers to Lost, maybe that could be your contest. That would be really fun, and you'd get more listeners to your show, and it'd introduce more people to this fantastic, fantastic show called Lost. Uh, you guys, you're doing a great job. Thank you so much, um, and uh, I'll definitely keep listening. Take care. Hey, Anton and Evan. This is Adam from Ohio. Uh, I actually live in the Cincinnati area, so I'm probably not too far from you guys in Indiana. But uh, I'm calling about the episode Question Mark. Uh, I just thought it was interesting that that's the episode that was supposed to be directed by Darren Aronofsky, the director of Pi and Requiem for a Dream, and also uh, current Oscar contender, The Wrestler. And I, I, never, I always wanted to look into it, but I never got around to see why he ended up not doing it. But uh, it's one of my favorite episodes, and uh, I just found that kind of intriguing. Um, anyways, uh, thanks for your podcast. You guys are great. And uh, Anton, hats off to you. I would have flipped up and said something by now. Spoilery. So uh, keep it up, guys, and you're more than welcome to use this on the show. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, guys, for your calls. And just a correction there, Adam. Um, Anton is the one who is watching for the first time. I'm clueless. And, yeah. <laughs> and I, Evan, am the one who, who's been watching the show from the very beginning. And, yes, uh, it, it – Sometimes it is very difficult not to not to, not to slip up and say the wrong thing. I'm surprised you haven't already. Yeah, it's a, sometimes I mean, it's hard. Just I mean, just because I know if I was in your situation, I'd be I'd be jacking up all the time. <laughs> yeah, and that uh, Greg from Atlanta, you know, said, "What about this idea of Libby getting people to the island?" I mean, it makes sense with her psych, you know, psychiatrist or psych, you know, uh, psychology background that uh-huh. if this is some type of psychological experiment, that she would be involved, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, so. You know what? I just had a theory. Okay. Um, Libby, being a psychologist, mm-hmm. would have the ability to access, you know, mental hospitals and everything else. Mm-hmm. If he's right in his theory... Um, it's totally plausible that she went into that mental hospital where Hurley was, mm-hmm. you know, being completely sane, completely normal, yeah. posing as a patient, you know, to to try and convince him of something that would lead to him getting to the island. Yeah, definitely. Now, but what doesn't make much sense is obviously her credentials as a psychologist aren't going to mean anything if she's posing as a patient. Yeah. So it's not like she can say, well, I'm, I'm actually a psychologist, but I'm going to be posing as, you know, somebody's crazy. Yeah. If you could just leave me alone and let me do my job, that'd be great. You know? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. But I mean, I guess that's kind of... But either way, she could just be posing as somebody crazy because True. she needed to get to Hurley to influence him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the same thing with, with Desmond. If she knew where he was going to be... She could have easily been put him on that boat. Yeah. Oh, here's a theory now. What if she were hired as I was thinking, by Widmore? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. She was hired know, by Widmore. So I, I need these people. Obviously, the only ones we really know of for sure that she interacted with were Hurley. Yeah. And you know Desmond. If I start seeing her like pop up in other people's, you know, but mm-hmm. you know, that'll kind of seal the deal for me. Yeah, but that that's a great theory. Yeah, I it think is. that it is too big of a coincidence that she was directly involved with two people that came to this yeah, island. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And then and Jed, of course, you know, has ideas about the contest, mm-hmm. about ways to improve that. Um, like I mentioned in the last show, we, we do want to find something that's enticing for everybody. Sure. And obviously, most people like myself probably have the, mm-hmm. the see all the seasons on DVD already. So mm-hmm. it's not going to be a, a real great, great prize for them. 
But I love this idea of, of trying to use the contest as a way to, to get you listeners to kind of recruit new viewers to the yeah. show of Lost mm-hmm. and, you know, as well as to listen as listeners to our podcast. So maybe we can find a way to, to have some kind of system where, you know, new viewers or new listeners can contact us, tell us who referred them. And then the person that has the most referrals yeah. would, would win some kind of prize. I, I welcome your feedback on that. I mean, we've got some time to think about it. Definitely. I'd, I'd love to know your guys' thoughts on that. And then finally, you know, Adam from Ohio talked about, you know, Darren Aronofsky, you know, was supposed to direct question mark. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> I can imagine nothing more frustrating than a lost episode directed by him. Oh my gosh. I mean, it would be super depressing. Yeah. I mean, it would be interesting and really, Oh yeah. He's a great director, but it is normally like you want to sit around and cry for the next couple of days after you watch <laughs> anything he's done. But yeah, it would definitely, I think it would raise more questions than it yeah. would answer. And mm-hmm. it would be, I mean, I'm really interested to know why he didn't have direct yeah. the episode. Me too. I mean, unless he's like, you know, here's my thinking guys, this is what I want to do with the episode, you know? Yeah. And they're and like, was that's just, not like, going to happen. That's not yeah. the direction we're going, but yeah, I would like to know why um, he didn't end up directing it. Yeah. But yeah, thanks for your calls and anyone else, if you'd uh, you'd be willing to call in, give us your thoughts, questions, or theories, you can call the listener line at 765-439-4190, or you can send your emails to info at lostmysterypodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash LM podcast. That's LM as in lost mystery podcast. And we have one last thing here. Uh, email from BCK Lockhart. And this is uh, some, some more great thoughts concerning Libby. Okay. He says, I was just listening to your Dave podcast this morning and I was thinking about Libby. You know, why was she in the mental hospital? You know, maybe it has something to do with her husband's death. His name is also Dave. Here's what I am thinking. Dave was at a party one night standing on the balcony with several other people when in walks this fat dude and the balcony <laughs> collapses. <laughs> Okay. Hurley killed Libby's husband. OMG. What do you think? Possible? Maybe Libby was at the party as well. He could have seen her on the balcony and was going there to get a closer look or say hi when the balcony collapsed. This just might be where Hurley knows her from. And in Two for the Road, we see Hurley had forgotten the blankets Mm -hmm. and the result of what happened back at the, the hatch when she went to get them. It was a very sad episode for me. I really loved the Hurley Libby story. BCK Lockhart. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's some some great points. I mean, the only problem I have with the the whole him remembering Libby because of Dave being at the party where he knocked over the deck or knocked yeah. the neck down is that I think he would remember her oh, yeah. well. I mean, obviously she may know him and and he may not know her at all, mm-hmm. but he did mention that he remembers her. Yeah. And to me, it seems obvious that he remembers her because he had seen her in passing yeah, exactly. at the hospital. Yeah, she didn't seem like in the hospital she was much of the talkative type or yeah. anything. So, so yeah, that's why I, I get it, you know, that mm-hmm. he just saw her and that's about it, you know. Right. Yeah, I think the, I mean, there's definitely still a lot of mystery there about why she was in the mental hospital. Yeah, I hospital. Agree. But I think it seems almost more possible that it's something more like what we talked about, mm-hmm. you know, with her being, you know, hired by Widmore to, to track Hurley down yeah. and, and to convince him and Desmond both to get to the island somehow. Rather, and if she has anything to do with it anyways, I mean, I assume, I just thought maybe she was in the mental hospital because uh, hospital she lost her husband and she yeah. wasn't able to deal with it. 
Yeah, she had a psychological break, and she was in there for a while, then she was out. We don't understand. We don't know that that Desmond didn't meet her after she got out of the hospital. Yeah, we don't know when in the timeline. No, not at all. I mean, mean, if we thought about it a minute, we don't really have a good timeline of when uh, Hurley was in the hospital, I don't think. No, I don't think so. And so, yeah, so we have nothing to compare it to at all. Yeah. Anything else before we close this up? Uh, this no. two-hour show. No kidding. <laughs> I cannot you know, believe this. Giving them these 20 and 30, 40-minute ones. Yeah. Now, give them two yeah. hours. And this episode deserves it, though. I mean, yeah, this is does. this is a meaty episode here. There's I agree. a whole lot here. I agree. Well, everyone, thanks so much for listening to this show and uh, for, for watching the first-ever vidcast, if you're actually watching the, the video version here. Um, hopefully, there'll be more of these in the future, and they won't be two hours long. Yeah. But... <laughs> But until then, we'll be uh, discussing on Sunday, A Tale of Two Cities, the season three premiere of Lost, and we hope you all have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. New episodes are released every Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday morning at 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. In the meantime, if you haven't already, you can sign up and become part of our community at lostmysterypodcast.com. Email us your questions or comments to info at lostmysterypodcast.com. And please call our listener line at 765-439-4190 with your name, where you're calling from, and also let us know whether or not you'd like your comments to be used on an upcoming episode.